0: Another episode of Seasoned Crime. I'm Jasmine Nicole and I am here weekly to go over a true crime story from all over. This podcast is here to highlight minority cases. There's no limit on race, color, social class, country. I make sure to tell all the stories that the news isn't talking about. When I looked into today's story, I was shocked that I hadn't heard about any of this before. Today, we are going to talk about a wrongful conviction case. All of the men that we're going to talk about today were black men who were victimized by the same white detective in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. May 19th of 2012, 21 year old Robert Ramser and his girlfriend Latia Jones were hanging out at Robert's home in Philly. Robert was on the inside of the home, but according to witnesses, Latia was outside on the porch. A man came up to the house asking if Robert was home, and Robert eventually ended up coming out of the house, but as soon as he came out, shots were fired. Robert was able to start running after he'd gotten shot, but he didn't get very far. He'd been shot a few times already, and when he fell, the shooter stood over him and fired another round in the back of his head. Robert was shot a total of eight times, and Latia, who really was just caught in the crossfire, was shot a total of three times neither of them survived the shooter was able to get away on foot and by the time the cops showed up he was long gone no one for sure had knew the reason for this but based on first impressions of the crime scene this looked pretty targeted as the cops were trying to piece things together, they realized that Robert Ramser was the intended victim of this crime, because only six days prior, Robert testified for the prosecution in a murder trial for a childhood friend by the name of Garland Dottie. Garland eventually ended up pleading guilty to manslaughter, but by the time Robert and Latia was murdered, it was believed that this was retaliation because I mean, he snitched, to be honest. Although the cops better understood now why Robert and Latia were shot, they still needed to figure out who actually shot them. Witnesses described the shooter as a black man who was wearing a gray hoodie and dark blue jeans. Eventually, cops said the shooter may have been dropped off close to the home by someone in an older model for Taurus, but there were no witnesses to count on this vehicle. On June 19th, exactly one month later, Detective Philip Nordo brought in a man by the name of James Frazier for questioning about the murders. He said that his reason for singling out James was because he was given up by an informant. Detective Nordo questioned James, and eventually he walked out of the room with a signed confession from him. James's statement said that this was, in fact, payback for Robert's testimony against Garland. One of Garland's friends by the name of Tevion Robinson found out that Robert testified. The night of the shooting, it was was Tevion James and James's half-brother, Tenzel. They were all hanging out, and Tevion mentioned that he wanted to kill Robert because he was a rat in the Garland case. All of them got together, and they drove to Robert's house, but no one saw him when they passed by, so they ended up going off to the side and parking. Tevion pulled out a phone and called someone— They didn't know exactly who, but he called someone and whoever he called on the other line did confirm that Robert was in the home. That's when Tevion got out of the vehicle and told James to stay in the car and wait for him. Tevion walked over to the house and the next thing James knew, he heard gunshots going off. James didn't know what was going on, but Tevion ended up running back to the vehicle, yelling at him that they needed to go and they ended up driving off. Based on this confession, James was charged with two counts of first-degree murder, aggravated assault, and a weapons violation. There was no other evidence in this case at all, but James went to trial in Philadelphia County on September 9, 2013. The prosecution built their entire case on James's confession. The lack of evidence, though, it wasn't necessarily without trying. The cops got warrants for the phone records between James, Tevion, and Tenzel, but they came up with nothing, even with no actual proof. James was convicted of third-degree murder, conspiracy, and retaliation, and he was sentenced to life in prison. Neither Tevion nor Tenzel were charged with anything at all. Which, just as a sidebar, um, just a note for myself, this one threw me completely off because if they're being, ch- if they're charging James based on his confession, yet James's confession does implicit all three of them, how is it that James is the only one that gets touched at all in this case? He did end up appealing this conviction in 2015, but the Pennsylvania Superior Court upheld the original sentence. Now we're going to go to June of 2016 with a man by the name of Gerald Camp, who was convicted of illegal possession of a firearm and possession of a firearm with an obliterated serial number. Gerald's conviction was based on the testimony from hmm, Detective Nordo. In a similar statement as before, Detective Nordo said that his information came from an informant named Raheem Friend. This informant was the brother of Gerald's girlfriend. The girlfriend, who was never identified by name, insisted that the gun was not Camp's gun. She stood her ground until Detective Nordo let her know that if she didn't fall in line with the story, he would call CPS on her. So I'm not sure if there was already some kind of CPS history or um, if she was just terrified by the idea of a CPS case being opened on her or looking into her. So either way, it terrified her. So she ended up falling in line and she ended up going along with the story. In early 2017, Gerald was awaiting his sentence. And during this time, the defense attorney subpoenaed phone records for him and for Raheem. From the information they gathered when reviewing the phone records, it turns out that Detective Nordo and Raheem spoke frequently, so they were actually able to gather some unexpected information on this call. Detective Nordo promised Raheem that he would make sure to intervene in any cases that come up against him. There were also conversations that indicated that there was some kind of sexual relationship between them. They were even able to prove that Detective Nordo put $400 on Raheem's books. So again, another side note, I feel like as the detective, you either got to be really dumb or really confident that you're not going to get caught to go as far as giving an inmate commissary money. like right, come on now. When all this information was presented in court by Gerald's lawyers, the prosecution reinvestigated the case, and Gerald Camp's conviction was vacated April 11, 2017. Detective Nordo was finally suspended with intent to dismiss in November 2017. The conviction of Gerald already had a lot of people looking at Nordo, but his suspension came after an investigation showed that he paid a witness in another case. After 10 years of being a cop, Detective Nordo was finally taken off the streets. Side note, but due to this going forward, I will only refer to him as Nordo. I will no longer refer to him as Detective Nordo because for the rest of this case, he is no longer a detective. A spokesperson for the Philadelphia PD came on record saying that Detective Nordo was the subject of a criminal investigation and that the feds were involved now. More than a few instances came up during this investigation. One of the victims of Nordo said that he was forced to masturbate while in the interrogation room in 2005. They were even able to go back and confirm that this story was valid because they found proof that the victim in this case, he reported this to the police at the time, but nothing ever came of it. This victim was murdered in 2015 in an unsolved murder case. I'm going to just go ahead and leave it up to you on whether you believe in coincidences or not, but just know for me, it's a strong no. Two and two just aren't equal in four for this one. So at this point, cases with Detective Nordo involved were given a second look. December 6th of 2018, an investigation done by the Conviction Integrity Unit, the CIU, of the Philadelphia County's DA office, asked that the murder conviction of another one of Nordo's victims be vacated and they won that case, getting the charges dismissed. Jamal Simmons had been charged with shooting a man in the back of the head while he was loading up his truck preparing for work. The Philadelphia Inquirer reported that when Nordo brought in Jamal, he was kept in the homicide unit for a full day prior to being charged with anything. Nordo was able to pressure the prosecution into falsely indicting Jamal. Some of the information in the statement that Nordo forced Jamal to sign had information that Jamal had never even provided. February 2019, Nordo was indicted on charges of sexually assaulting both witnesses and suspects. In 2019, things continued to go from bad to worse for Nordo as more and more cases that he was involved in were being overturned. Remember James Frazier from earlier in the story? He had mentioned before that there had been some issues with Nordo in the interrogation, but no one had ever listened to him at the time. Now, with everything coming to light, they did go back and take notice of this. James said that when Nordo first brought him in for questioning, he tried to engage in sexual activity with him. He intimidated and he threatened to sexually assault James if he didn't cooperate. James insists that this is what led to him signing that false confession. March 5th of 2019, Judge J. Scott O'Keefe vacated James's murder conviction. A few months later on April 4th, the chief of the CIU unit, Patricia Cummings, dismissed all charges and James Fraser was able to leave the life sentence behind and walk out of jail. About a week after his release, James filed a civil rights lawsuit against Philip Nordo as well as the city of Philadelphia. The lawsuit claims that the department knew of credible complaints about Nordo as early as 2005, while Nordo was still a detective. It was known against multiple reports that Nordo groomed suspects for sexual relationships, and he even promised leniency or sometimes money in return. The lawsuit spoke to how Nordo used his position of power to get signed statements that were either completely false or knowingly inaccurate. In May of 2019, the amazing Patricia Cummings dismissed the murder conviction of another one of Nordo's victims. Sherman McCoy was an intellectually disabled 20 year old who had the comprehension of a second grader. He had been convicted of first degree murder, conspiracy, and possession, and was sentenced to life without parole in 2016. Turns out, when Nordo brought him in for questioning, he had him sit in an interrogation room overnight, and when he finally came in in the early morning to actually talk to Sherman, Sherman confessed within two hours. The motion that was filed to give McCoy a new trial noted that the only evidence that tied McCoy to the murder was the testimony of a detective with a proven history of wrongdoing. Things still don't stop there. As recently as this year, the CIU is still getting cases dismissed because of the actions of Nordo. June of this year, the murder conviction of Arkel Garcia was dismissed. Arkel had been charged with murdering a man over a pair of Beats by Dre headphones. He had been sentenced to life without the possibility of parole due to a false confession obtained by Nordo. Nordo was accused of sexually grooming the CIs in this case and offering them reward money for their cooperation. As if this wasn't bad enough, the CIs didn't even get the reward money because shortly after it was promised to them, he was arrested and charged with murder in another case. Again, call it what you want, but I still don't believe in coincidences here. As of today, Nordo is awaiting trial. And he denies the allegations against him completely. There were a lot of different people in a lot of different cases mentioned in this one. But the fact that they all intertwine due to this one dirty cop is such an issue. And, and just think about it. These are only cases where the victims stood up and fought back. But I am positive there are so many other more victims of Nordo who we don't know about. When I was researching this story, I just kept thinking about the Central Park Five and the Netflix limited series When They See Us. The idea that the story of the Central Park Five and When They See Us wasn't even a movie, but this was the real life story of multiple kids. And then to read something like this, where it's the same situation, just in a different area of the country. Look, I know there's a lot of people in jail who deserve to be there, but I also know there's a lot of people who or sitting in jail because someone abused their power. Thank you to the work of Patricia Cummings and her team and so many others who continue to fight the fight for those who are wrongfully convicted of crime. Not only crimes, but again, here we heard about some life sentence convictions. That was this week's story of Seasoned Crime. I hope you all enjoyed it. Again, um, I mentioned it on IG, but this one has been one of my favorite episodes so far. Just because as I started with James Frazier and as the story went on and me seeing the spider webs, and realizing um, how many lines were tangled in this one. Don't forget to follow us on IG at Season Crime. Facebook as well at Season Crime. Continue to listen to us on your streaming platforms. Rate, subscribe. Let me know what you're thinking. Hit me on the DMs. Let me know how you feel about the podcast. Y'all have a great week.